What the fuck is up, goons? We're doing this again. What is this, episode 11? 11. 11. I am your host, Chris, from Brooklyn. I am joined by my producer, Michael Harrington. This is Notes of a Goon, episode 11. We are broadcasting from the sexy dead city. The deadest of the dead cities, New York City. Oh, I'm terrified. It's Halloween, and the city's dead, Mike. Is it going to be a zombie? Gonna be ghouls and spooks and and all kind of. Whoa! Not below 120th Street. (laughs) Oh man. Um, yeah, don't talk like that. That's racist. We're gonna get in trouble. Um, I'll tell you this. Uh, Halloween. I don't know if it's canceled or what. I saw what is the date of this recording is the 15th. I saw two kids trick or treating while I was waiting for you to buzz me in earlier. For real? It was. They were, it was low effort. It was very low effort trick or treating. <laughs> but um, it, it was two girls with fairy wings carrying bags, like the little, little girls with their mom walking behind them. And I'm like, what is, what is happening? They weren't going in anywhere, but it seemed like they wanted to jump in and just start trick or treating. So, I mean, maybe it's just a free-for-all this year with the trick-or-treating. It's like, you you kind of get in where you fit in, you know? I, I, yeah, I guess you could just ring people's... I, well, nobody rings anybody's bells. They just go to stores in New York City now, which is very strange. Yeah, but it's like, yo, you got a bag of candy lying around, right? Everybody's got a bag of candy. I, I guess that's true, but what's not to stop these these hoodlums from going, from going back? What do you mean? They're going to go back for more candy on the actual Halloween. So I'm saying it's a it's a free for all for the month now. Oh, for the month it's a, it's Halloween. It's like it's like uh, white girls' birthdays. I mean, I'm saying like they have to stay inside for like six months. Let's give them all of October. Two to trick Halloween's. Or tri- I would honestly find something. I used to when I lived in Sheepshead when I was living alone for a little while. Um, in Sheepshead, they, would, they I remember they rang my bell. Even when I was in Bensonhurst, I would get like one or two rings, which is weird because I lived in a really creepy house and I was the only one in the whole house in Bensonhurst. I was probably the weird creepy dude on the block to the children. Um, I I lived in a three-story house completely alone that two different people had died in while I lived there. Yeah. the, The people in the other apartments died while I lived there and they never refilled the apartments. I was definitely the... And I had an archery target in the backyard. I was definitely the creepy man on the block. Damn, that sounds sick. I had hoes, though. Right? Like, you can't be, like, the creepy dude on the block if you got hoes coming over, right? Nah, 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 nah. You were the the party house. Mm. You were the house where, like, I bet kids would break in and be like, I bet he's got weed. Dude, I was always terrified of, like, the 13-year-old kids breaking in. I used to just give them weed. I'd be like, here you go. Here's weed. That's all I got in the house. It's like, trick or treat. Here's (laughs) here's some drugs. There's a couple of Xanax in there, too. Leave me be, children. (laughs) Like... (laughs) I literally, we'd be like, they, the kids actually did ring my bell once because I used to commute to work when I was a chef. And, you know, obviously they just bring a bag with clothes in it and they would ring my bell and they would go, They one time they rang my bell, my neighbor rang my bell and go, hey, do you have any weed? And I was like, what? And he was like, he was like, well, you're always like riding a bike and you have a book bag. So I just assume you sell weed. Um, <laughs> can I buy some weed? And I was like, I mean, I have some weed, but like, don't tell your dad. Like, <laughs> here's some weed, kid. Like, I was like, get out of here. I was like, just only. I was like, here's my number. Text me if fucking your your guy's not around. Like, <laughs> and it was like they never really bugged me again. 
But it was like, this was a 13-year-old kid. And I was just like, I feel like if I say no, I'm going to go to work, and you're going to break in and steal my weed. Oh, for sure. Yes, 100%. That's 100% happening. That's me at 13? I definitely would have way rather cleaned some eggs off my window than deal with them breaking into my house and probably leave the window open. Cat would have got out. Yeah, for sure. It would have been a terrible thing. So Halloween's coming up. (laughs) The whole month now. Um... We, we, we don't know. I, I don't I don't know how Halloween... I think we should give it... Yeah, so this is what I was originally saying. I used to just give kids dollars when they would ring. Because I always keep like... Uh, like You ever see Red Man on MTV Cribs? Uh, yeah, of course. Okay, so you know how you had the dollar box? I do not remember that part. So that's... He was like, yo, everybody got to have a dollar box. And he just had a shoebox full of $1 bills. So now, whenever I have $1 bills, I throw them into a shoebox. And I usually use it to buy like Chinese food. Like So like that's what I use my singles for. Yeah. Like I, I, I count them all out and I get rid of them to the delivery guys because I figure they need. Or, you know, I go to a bachelor party like once a year and I have two, three hundred singles. Bing. Pretty you know? sick. Yeah, it's dope. Show up, fucking make it rain, killing it. Uh, and with money that's like to me, you spent money. I, you forget about that kind of money. It's like changing a jar. Yeah, it's your, it's your dollar box. Yeah, it's my dollar box. It's whatever. It's not. It's not. It's not in the ledger. Is what I'm saying, Mike. You know. You know what I mean? It's not. That's not. That's found money. That yeah. dollar box. It's like it's like the rounding error in uh, office space. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 like a worm. Um, but so I used to just give kids dollars that rang the bell, and I remember once this older chick was like, "Oh, you giving out money? Can I have a dollar?" I was like, "Absolutely not." And she was like, "Why not?" And I was just like, "One, you're like 15. <laughs> Get a job. Two, uh, you're not in a costume." I'm not giving you a dollar for... That just means... Like, if I just give a 15-year-old a dollar, you are now a hobo. Nah, because she's chaperoning the little kids, right? So why does she get... She didn't have a bag. Yeah, but she could have gotten a piece of candy. I'll tell you this. If she had a bag with, like, some candy in it but less than the kids, I'd throw a dollar in that bag. Yeah, of course. All right, that's fair. Yeah, she didn't even have a bag. Fuck you. You just want a dollar for what? For drugs? (laughs) You gotta ask directly for drugs. <laughs> you gotta go talk to that thirteen-year-old. No, you gotta you fifteen-year-old go ask that thirty. I already gave that thirteen-year-old all my drugs. I'm not giving you money for drugs. Go buy drugs from that kid I gave free drugs to earlier in the story. Oh. So it's a dead city. It might become a zombie city Ooh. on the third. Ooh, I'm fucking terrified. Oh man, the whole city. The the bridge is just gonna stand up like an arm. Like brrr. it's gonna be fucking crazy, Mike. I don't know what, what's going to happen in the dead city. On Halloween, it's already dead. Well, all Hallows Eve, dude. That's when the dead get to come back to life. So maybe for one night, New York City will be alive again. Oh. Well, they're doing like weird, they're doing haunted houses, but they're like limited. That's got to be a fucking COVID trap, right? I mean, that sounds like the real hauntedest house. Like, yeah. dude, motherfuckers, it would be such a fun haunted house if somebody just faked having covid in your party and just started coughing like that's what i'm saying like that's how you do a real haunted house right so you fucking have an actor go in who you know is like clean of covid Mm -hmm. and just have that guy the whole time as you go through like a shitty amusement park yeah like a shitty haunted house right like your basic most like oh jump scare haunted house but the real scare is the whole time you're freaking out that you're that close to somebody who you're certain has covid that is fucking fun. It, with like actual haunted house stuff, but then there's just a guy coughing. Like the guy coughing is the actor, right? Yeah, That's yeah, your yeah. plant. You put no, but like I'm saying, you you should do it. Like you you have a haunted house. Yes. Right. So you have a- other actors playing vampires and shit. Right. 
But with masks on? Like, yeah, just the shitty, the cheapest, shittiest haunted house you can think of. There's a guy that's supposed to be a haunted house patron, and he's just coughing. Yeah. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Because it's like, you were going to get so scared. No, it has to be a white guy, because otherwise it's racist. Yeah, 100%. Hmm. Obviously, you always blame the white guy. Always make the white guy the villain, Mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, you don't... Well, no, because if you make it an Asian guy, it's too on the nose, and you'll be racist, right? And if it's a black guy, it's too on the nose, because they're more likely to get COVID, I guess. Or yeah. at higher rates in those communities. And hide it. <laughs> like, try to go to amusement parks with COVID. Is that a thing? I'd assume so. I don't think anybody's hiding. I think you're just willfully not getting tested if you just have, like, if you don't have access to medical care. No, but I'm saying if you're walking around, you're, like, coughing and sneezing and fucking, like, you know. Oh, you probably, yeah. You should probably not be at Fright Fest. Right. That's my point. Right. So it's like. You should not be at Six Flags. Dude, that is funny. Just go to Fright Fest and start coughing next to zombies and watch them <laughs> freak out. Holy shit. That's a funny idea. Dude. Just like, just we just go to Fright Fest <laughs> and just pretend to cough on people. Dude, every time the fucking monster jumps out to scare us, we're just like, oh, oh, oh just start coughing in their face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's no mucus coming out from this cough. I'm burning up. I can't even taste this funnel cake. <laughs> but look, I, you know, it's a weird thing. We were talking about this a little bit on High Society this week. Um, but there's a sex party that's happening in New York, and they're doing rapid COVID tests. Rogan was talking about having a comedy show with rapid COVID tests. And I was just thinking, is like, we've been talking about, like, New York, like, the rich people are fleeing New York. But what happens if, like, before there's a vaccine, you can just have events as long as the events have rapid COVID tests? Then that, once again, makes New York the playground of the rich. Correct? Like, doesn't that just... Like, so eventually, if you can have rapid testing for any event, which I think they're going to do... Like, they're going to start saying that state to state. New York will probably be the last one to approve it. Um, But, like, if they start saying that state to state, you can have events. You can do activities as long as the events are equipped with COVID testing. Okay. And then at what point does the purchase of all that rapid COVID testing get passed on to the consumer? Well, I mean, I'm sure immediately. Right, like, so let's say you were going to go to a football game, and the tickets to the football game were typically... Now, first of all, they're filling the stadium at capa- half capacity even with the testing, I'm sure. Yeah. Right? So you do half capacity. So now already your $200 ticket is probably a $400 ticket, right? Then figure $80 for the COVID test, so that's $500. So now let's, let, let's bring that into New York City, where, like, it costs $500 to eat at 11 Madison Park, right, for dinner. Okay. Okay. So it's one of the most expensive restaurants in the world, right? That place is shuttered and empty. There's there's no point in them opening it for 25% capacity, right? Right. Now, they can open it because once you're paying $500 for dinner, what's $600 for dinner? You understand sure. what I mean? Like, So it's like for the people – now, I've eaten there, and that is a lot of money for me. But I enjoy food, and I wanted to eat there. So I – that was a – Treat for me, but I stuck out like a sore fucking thumb. Whenever I go, I've gone to several places like that, and like I remember, I ate at La Berna Den, which I think better, food, a little bit better food, a little less expensive, uh, very good. And there's, I'm eating there by myself. Just I used to treat myself for dinner for my birthday. I would go to one of these fancy restaurants, and I'm sitting there eating dinner by myself. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I'm a fucking insane person, Mike. Do you not know this? No, just I did you not? I- I hear you. I, I, I assumed. I, I think we all assumed that I'm insane. That's how you spent most birthdays. But when I hear you say it out loud, I prefer. 
Well, it's ever since my girlfriend moved in with me, I cannot spend my birthday alone. But for five straight birthdays, I spent my birthday completely alone. And that's what I wanted for my birthday was for no one to call me, no one to text me, uh, no one to speak to me. And I would plan little things for my day. I'd get like a massage. I'd go to like the Met. I do like very fancy boy shit for by myself. I, did, I took a trapeze lesson once. But I would go to like very nice restaurants. I would usually finish the night at Attaboy downtown, which is a cocktail bar that used to be the original Milk and Honey. RIP to my boy Sasha Petrosky. Miss that guy. Uh, he started the cocktail culture here in New York. So I, I would do some fancy boy shit on my birthday by myself. So I was eating at La Bernadette for my birthday once. And I'm looking at this guy. I'm going, why is he looking at me so bad? I'm wearing a fucking sport coat. I'm looking all right. I'm, I'm fucking killing it today. And then I look down. He's wearing a fucking $20,000 Patek Philippe watch. That's why he could smell the trash on me. <laughs> you just have that. Now, what the fuck was I? Oh, yeah. What I'm saying is like once you can add... So, like, things that cost cheap for the people that live here, you can't add a $50 COVID test to Outback Steakhouse. No. Because it doesn't mean, that means it's not worth it to eat at Outback Steakhouse. But you can add it to a fancy dinner. You can add it to a night at, like, the Metropolitan Opera. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you can add it to these, incre- like, if you added rapid COVID tests to the luxury boxes at Madison Square Garden, it doesn't affect Pepsi who bought the luxury box at Madison Square Garden. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, so like, does that then make New York once again the fucking, does does that now bring new rich people back to New York, the fact that they can do their rich people shit? And it's now even more exclusionary because it's increasing the cost of all these activities. Probably. Right? Especially if you're in a thing where it's like, all right, like I know that now this is like a safe bubble. Yeah. This is a safe, rich person, COVID-free bubble. Did you see the, uh, there's a Flaming Lips concert where they were all in stupid bubbles? What? Pull, yeah, see if you can find it. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder, I just like kind of want, I, I wondered about that. With rapid, if rapid COVID testing really does come out before a widely accepted vaccine, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fucking interesting to see. Because I can even see them doing it for buildings. You know what I mean? Antibody tests for buildings, but you got to pay for the test. What do you mean a building? Like if like you're a... trying to move into a fucking co-op or something, they want you to take an antibody test or something like that. I could see that. But like every time you have a guest come in, they no, take so, one? No, no, no. I'm talking about to get the apartment. Just I mean, you have to have antibodies. Oh, this looks so lame, dude. Oh, it looks terribly whack. What? Yeah. How fucking whack? I guess that's a stage dive? In the ball? Uh, I Yeah, I guess. Now, here's the thing. Now, look at this. Is I hope that this was just... I just saw this video on Reddit. But I hope that this was just a publicity thing. Because if you even notice, the end of, first of all, the only, people not, the only person not in the bubble is the fucking uh, the cameraman for the Flaming Lips. Secondly, uh, there was only one person per bubble. So you couldn't even take a date. To this concert. Like, that's whack. Like, it's not so bad, like, you and your chick in one of those little bubbles is almost, like, kind of fun. But then you and your, like, you by yourself in a bubble watching a concert, it's probably a little foggy. It's probably going to get real muggy in there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, there's no, why would you do that? So, it, I'm reading it here. They're, they were testing it as a prototype for future shows. Okay. Uh, and they were also filming it for a music video. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Testing it as a proto... I think they're just saying that to get the publicity. Probably. It's just a music video. Yeah. 
yeah, well, we tested it, and it turns out everybody thinks it sucks, <laughs> which was our hypothesis. We tested our hypothesis, and we, were, we used the scientific method, and it turns out this absolutely fucking sucks. However, we did get a bunch of you to click this link. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, uh, I think we're going to see some rich people coming back to New York. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting little bit of time. Dude, this is going to suck. Huh? Like, New York just got somewhat like affordable for me to live in again. Oh yeah, it's gonna suck for you. Bro. Like I'm barely making it. Yeah. Oh, fucking A, this is gonna suck. I mean look, Mike, I think we have there's a chance that it doesn't get too bad. And I think the kind of housing that you live in isn't gonna go up. Like Lower East Side's not gonna get too bad. I think what you're gonna start seeing is the luxury condos on the outskirts of places start filling up. Manhattan mid midtown Manhattan start filling up again. If Hudson Yards can make a comeback? <laughs> Imagine you were in for that. Holy <laughs> shit. Dude, there's a building up the block from my house that I um I know one of the developers and I just feel so bad. You can tell it's 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 I think ten luxury three bedroom apartments. They're beautiful apartments, but they want over a million dollars for the apartments. Um and it's just empty, and it was three years late. It was like, if you were a year early, because my neighborhood was starting to get, like, heat, and now nobody wants to, like, live in New York, and they're just like, why would I live here? You know what I mean? Like, I can live in, like, these trendy areas now. Like, I can get it. I can, You can get it. Like, I know people who are moving to Manhattan from Bushwick and Williamsburg because they moved to New York City to live in Manhattan 15 years ago, and it was just not attainable to them. And now they're like, I'm going to move to Manhattan. I was like... You're a f- and I literally look at them because I lived in Manhattan when I was 18 for a brief period of time. It fucking sucks. Living in Manhattan, I know you enjoy it. I love it. Fucking sucks. <laughs> I hate it. Dude, you just leave. There's just maybe I was just too young. I was 18 when I lived in Manhattan. And it just there's just too many. I just like you also have no shame, Mike. Yeah. Like, so when I go out in my neighborhood, and also I'm older now, so I don't give a fuck, but I used to be, like, one of these weird, like, I used to be, like, very much, like, I don't want to, like, look gross around people. You don't care. No. No. Yeah, you were homeless last year. This yeah. time. This time last year, you were homeless. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so it's just, I, I couldn't do it, but whatever. Would, would you, the, one other thing about the dead New York City that's very funny to me, Bill de Blasio, who we've talked about on this show, and I've talked about... Uh, why he stinks, and the one reason I liked him for he backed out of this year, correct? Uh, With the mass shootings. Wait, what? Did I not talk about that on the show? De Blasio? I I feel like I I just have drunkenly ranted about this a hundred times, but Bill De Blasio, the one thing I ever really gave him credit for in the city was last summer there was a mass shooting, uh, in Brownsville, Brooklyn. Uh, 14 people were shot. I think it was a, a social club. I, I could be, it was, like I said, it was a year ago. Uh, and Bill de Blasio got on TV and he said, I am going to refer to this as a mass shooting because these communities deserve the attention that white suburban communities get when there is a mass shooting. This is a mass shooting and these need to stop. He said that last summer. This summer, same neighborhood, that happened 14 times. Jesus. He didn't say it once. Because the political winds had changed, and Bill de Blasio was like, well, if I start calling these mass shootings, uh, they're going to call me a racist. Why? Because the political winds have changed. That was a result of tumultuousness 
from the police. It's, it, it, look, man, there's a reason why he didn't, you, the optics changed and he couldn't say that this year. And he, uh, on a weekend where in those neighborhoods, over a dozen people got shot, he painted Black Lives Matter in front of Trump Tower. He did. Right? Which is fine. I get it. You want to fucking pwn the president. The president is an asshole. Right? Like, Donald Trump is an asshole and probably a racist. But you just backtrack. Why aren't you saying that thing about black neighborhoods now? Right? Like, this is happening. Now it's happening more it was a good point when you fucking made it. And people do need to bring more. First of all, the attention is being taken off it in all of these major cities with tons of violence all summer. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, isn't that what the Black Lives Matter movement is like supposed to be about? No, it's supposed to be about police brutality. They just called it Black Lives Matter because it's attention grabbing and divisive. And because it's divisive, it becomes more viral. But it's backfiring. I don't understand why it's divisive. Like, of well, course well, Black well, Lives like, Matter. So yeah, of course Black Lives Matter. The sentiment is not, should not be divisive. But I'll tell you this right now. I mean, you you grew up around a lot of blue-collar blue guys. Yeah. How many of their uncles had an issue with affirmative action? Mm. And it, 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 it is, it's this weird thing where it's like these guys who don't think they're racist, who are like goony dudes. And it's like, look, I, I, I get how they feel. Right? Like, so it's like you, you're sitting there, you're like, you're a fucking loser a lot of the time, and you want to blame something, so you start blaming shit. I get it, it's wrong. You shouldn't do that. But it's like, then you call something Black Lives Matter, it's like, well, what about white? Like, it's like the same assholes who are like, how come there's a gay pride parade, but there's no straight pride parade? It's like, I, I don't know. Do, do Are, people, all the people who think that being gay is a sin think that pride is a sin. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, that's why there's no straight pride parade. You're supposed to be fucking... What are you fucking talking about? <sighs> fucking shit. How fucking funny is it that I went on a whirlwind meteor tour? Still on it. Still on it. And on like 13 shows, I called the Proud Boys gay. And then somehow... Because I did do that. I, 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 a part of the problem, I said it. Uh, me and Dave had a had the moment where we were both like it's kinda and like gay it's gay <laughs> like we and we we talk about how they're the softest of the Nazis on this show multiple times <laughs> they are soft body Nazis and now the, have you seen the thing where uh, Twitter has hijacked the hashtag Proud Boys and just putting pictures from Gay Pride oh yeah it's great fucking hysterical I am pro Gay Pride parades because it makes straight girls into horse. Like, it's better than a Halloween parade. You Lost it. my virginity at a gay pride parade. What was his name? It was a Oh, stick. good dad joke. That's Remember that? You used to blow bubbles when you were a kid, Mike? Ah! Ah! <laughs> Fuck, I hate myself. <gasps> You're such a prick. <laughs> like, you don't think I've been hearing that joke since I was 18? Of course. Dude, my Scumbag. last name has the word fag in it. Yeah, it's true. Everybody knows my last name. At this, it, like, do you know how much that sucks? Do you know how many times <laughs> I have been in Central Booking, and they just go, "My last name is Faga." Where's Fag A? <laughs> Literally every time I've ever gotten locked up, somebody is some fat Mick is holding a file and goes, "Hey, 
Where's fag A? <laughs> that is not fun when you're an 18-year-old white boy in central bookings by yourself. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you, you got some of these pictures with the Proud Boys? What? I, was, I know I was talking about de Blasio. I thought maybe you had pulled up some pictures of the uh, gay pride things with the Proud Boys hashtag. Oh, no. I, I thought that... It's fine. You don't have to. I mean, that was... Yeah, it was just an aside. But yeah, so de Blasio is now, he's, so yeah. despite, I know I got off on a tangent there with the whole, with the mass shooting thing, but de Blasio has, um, he's using the fake news tactic in New York City now. So apparently kids don't want to go to school. Parents don't want to send them to school because of COVID. And um, so Bill de Blasio has blamed the increase on remote-only learners on the mainstream media. This is a quote. That stories in the mainstream media only say... Uh, de Blasio complained that what he calls good news stories often are not going to be spread in the mainstream media. They'll, sp they'll spread the grassroots. It'll be word of mouth. He's talking about public education. Like, he's talking about a grassroots movement for the Board of Ed. What? Like they're doing a good job in the board of ed. Like so basically like so basically parents are hearing horror stories from the news and pulling their kids out and saying, "Yeah, he's just going to cuz now it's it's optional to go in. Yeah. It's either remote only or you go in." Okay. So parents are seeing horror stories and I think more than likely it's kind of just the kids are coming home and being like, "Yeah, nobody's there." You know what I mean? Like you ever get sent to school on a day that was like a half day or like so, like I remember like um Oh, my grandmother tried to send me to school the fucking when the Rangers won the Stanley Cup. I was like, get the fuck out of here. I'm going to fucking parade, get drunk. I was like 13. Fucking. And so, like, so it was like, uh, yeah, I skipped school and went to the Stanley Cup and got in trouble, but uh, to the parade. But when I asked uh, kids, and they were like, they were like, yeah, some classes were just empty. Like, kids just, like, everybody just did what I did. They just ditched school because they were like, fuck it. The chancellor got on TV and was like, yeah, we won't count that as an absence. And I was like, all right. Wait, it. for real? Yeah. Does it for the Yankees. Every time the Yankees win World Series, that happens stuff. It's like a fake holiday. But then the principal of your school gets on a loudspeaker and goes, well, you have to come in because we're going to do this tomorrow. And then all the teachers in all the classrooms go, no, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> they like, kind of like give you, they, they, there's like an announcement made. Like throughout high school when the Yankees were winning, all, there's an announcement made every fucking year. And the principal would come on and be like, well, I know what the, the mayor and the chancellor said, but you better be because we're going to... And the, the, the teachers would be like, don't come. Don't, no, just fuck this fat loser. <laughs> that was uh, Dr. Lee McCaskill from Brooklyn Technical High School. Noted fat loser drummed out of education for a fucking... For test fixing. What an asshole. Didn't have a, didn't have a high opinion of me, Mike. A test fixing? Test fixing. I believe, Yes. Dr. Lee McCaskill, you can look it up. It's on the Brooklyn Tech Wikipedia page, the Dr. McCaskill controversy. Not a fan of mine. Okay. Oh, Brooklyn Tech principal? He was the principal. At one point, he was a dean. He's actually quoted, there's an old New York Times article that I was reading about the Decepticon street gang, um, where he was a dean, and he was talking about how they were bad kids. But when I was in school... Um, there was a couple of the kids from the Crips were randomly tasing Asian kids and stealing their money. Uh, and But they happened to have very good GPAs. 
And the he, Crips did? Yes. Uh, a couple of them, yeah, two or three of the guys uh, who were, like I said, tasing Asian kids and stealing their money. <laughs> um, and he like he Scott caught, Hall, he, yeah, like Scott Hall, but Goldberg, <laughs> except it was a big black kid and a tiny Asian kid on the Goldberg end of the cattle prod. Like, um, yeah, one of the kids was a captain of the basketball team, um, but uh, yeah, he just he, he definitely. Um, he definitely covered that up, but I don't think that ever came to light. Um, yeah, when me and Stanley were in Brooklyn Tech, uh, two of the four years we were there, it had the most, it had the second or third most, it was in the top five for violent instances in New York City. Jesus. Despite being a specialized, gifted school, it was, you know, it's like basically Thunderdome in there. Hmm. What did you find about the uh, controversy with the, that fat asshole? Uh, so I'm seeing that he had to resign and pay about 20 grand to the city to avoid, uh, getting any kind of punishment. Uh, look at this. I'm sitting here. I'm wearing my own merch. Like a fucking badass. Fuck Dr. Lee McCaskill, that fat loser. You're wearing your own merch? This is a grappling club t-shirt. Oh, that's fucking sick. Oh yeah, it's a dope fucking logo. I thought you... I own two of these sons of bitches. Not the shirts. Grappling clubs. <laughs> Mad shirts. Yeah, I got like 30 shirts. <laughs> I thought you meant the cheesesteak like, hat. Oh, I was like, yo, did hat? you open a cheesesteak place? Oh, I dog. No, this is a uh, this is an Iron Pigs hat. This is a minor league team in uh, outside Philly. Sick. There's like a bacon minor it's also league team. The, it's, no, it's also the Iron Pigs. They is have, it really? They just have dope hats, yeah. God damn. Great team. Um, so, yeah, what was it? What did he do? Oh, he had to pay 20 grand. I'm just seeing... Uh, uh, to uh, cancel sorts of activities and trip that made the school special, regularly censor the school newspaper, once destroying all 4,000 copies of an issue detailing problems at the school. Uh, worst said he ruled by intimidation, giving unfavorable ratings to those who criticized him publicly. Uh, yeah, I mean, you get the drift. The guy was a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, uh, he was earning 125k a year. Uh, yeah, it was. Since 1992 when he became principal. Was. Damn. I left in 2001, though. That's a lot of... Damn, he made a mill? He made over a mill? That's pretty sick. That's pretty dope. Uh, you know, I take that back. Dr. Lee McCaskill, badass. You know? Real goon. Real goon. Dude, only Dude ruling by intimidation? I'll be honest. You know, we were adversarial at the time. <laughs> I, was getting, I was getting into some mischief. I, had, I, I did actually... This is something that has never come out on the air. I beat two superintendent suspensions in hearings with the superintendent's office because those idiots thought they could just bully me around and I was smart. What do you mean? Like, they literally would just, like, try to intimidate me and I'd be like, you're lying. They found, like, a weed grinder once and they were like, we had this tested. And I was like, you're telling me that the NYPD takes a month to test stuff and you got that tested overnight? And they were like, get the fuck out of here! Like, I would piss them off to no end. I would just do stupid shit around the school. Like... I remember I brought in a piece of plywood and power bombed somebody through it. I set it up between two lunch tables. I used to do really dumb shit. I was just smoking weed in the hallways. Like, really dumb shit you shouldn't do. Getting into fights and shit. It definitely hid some brass knuckles that were covered in blood once for somebody. Ooh. I never really was involved in the fights, but I was always kind of like, yeah, I got your back. Like, a lot of the times. I like it. Yeah. Uh, my man was making 125 a year, only to pay back 20K over four years. That's not bad. That's not bad. I wonder. What, I wonder if he got a retirement though. I mean, you've been paying into that four hundred one k. I'm sure the teachers union would stand up for you if no disciplinary actions were taken. Mm, that's true. So he's probably doing pretty all right for himself. Probably not too bad. He's probably dead. I mean, he was he, fat. He was super fat. Very fat idiot. 
Mm. Whatever, kind of real goon though. I, I do like I, like when you reread, led by intimidation, fucking destroyed records. I I'll be honest, I've come full circle on the guy. I wish my grandmother was alive so I could tell her like I actually like that guy now because she hated him too. Mm. Not a fan. She was uh, in a massive denial about a lot of the problems I was having. Ooh, all right. I'm ready for you. Ready for this? All right, let's go. It's the crucifixion of Doctor McCaskill, according to Black Star News. What? Uh, Wait, are they related to Black Star Barbers? There was a barbershop I used to cop at. Maybe. Uh, This was from uh, March 2nd of 2006. The one-sided ethnic war between blacks and Jews in New York City school system. Oh, this is way before. This is way before I was there. Is a 10,000-pound elephant in the room that everyone can see, but no one dares to mention. And no instance is it clear that the case of the recent forced resignation of Dr. Lee McCaskill from the position of principal at the prestigious and academically excellent institution, Brooklyn Technical High School. So uh, this is a whole article about how he was railroaded out of the position uh, by the Jews. Whoa! Railroaded? You can't say that about black people. Why not? We're going to get canceled. What? The railroad was a good thing. But there was a lot of Asians at Brooklyn Tech. Yeah, but they were, you know, they had nothing to do with this railroad. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean that's pretty fair. I remember um, there was a, there was an incident that happened when I was a junior, where this dude I'm not going to say his name because he's gotten his life together, hood dude that I grew <laughs> up with. He has really gotten his life together. Um, who I knew from back then, who we were close. Um, to to be fair, I actually I'll tell the story on another show, but. Uh, he almost got shot because of something stupid I did uh, when we were like 14. And I, I'll tell the story another time. But um, fucking he stole, I think it was 3,000 ecstasy pills from a Russian Jewish kid. Just the movie Layer Cake? No. Because no, there was n- th- these kids, the kid who did it, who has passed, the kid who he stole it from has passed away as of now. So I don't mind telling the story. Uh, but he just ate the loss because he was making so much fucking money pumping ecstasy. This is the 90s, and he had a great connect, and he was, this kid was making, like, I'm talking about as soon as he turned 18, he had a Cadillac CTS. Like, he was making an insane amount of money pumping ecstasy. And fucking, this kid stole, and he was just like, the kid, I, I remember I talked to the kid years later who got robbed because I, 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 I ran it, we would, I, I'd see him here and there, and we'd have a drink or whatever, and I was like, why did you guys never do anything about that with fucking this kid? And he goes, he goes, bro, what the fucking, what am I going to do? We're going to shoot the fucking school? <laughs> Fuck, Colorado? This is not Colorado. <laughs> and it was just like, he was just making enough money. But like, I'll tell you this, the fucking hood dudes from Fort Greene, I used to hang out in this crack house around the corner from the school with these two fucking brothers, uh... One of their names was Joe, Joe and Jesse, and they had two younger brothers. They had this kid. Uh, you could actually see some of the graffiti still around. Mega Pimp. I think that guy's dead. He's in, he was in his 40s back then. Um, <clears throat> but, like, they used to just live there. It is the first time I ever saw AK-47 was in that apartment, and they just would have crack out. I would buy some fucking, I bought dirty regs from those guys in bulk. But um, I remember once the dude, Joe, small Spanish cat, he went up, he was trying to rob this kid, Jimmy, and he was like shoving him. And I had to be like, yo, Joe, that man's not even Russian. That's a Greek dude. <laughs> I swear to God, Mike, this is a thing. I got in between a man, because I was friends with the kid Jimmy. And I got in between this kid Joe, who I only know 
from smoking weed in his crack house. Like, we were not boys. And I got in between him and this kid, Jimmy, and we're like, and my rationale was, Joe, this dude, I didn't say dude. I used a word you're not supposed to use anymore. But I was like, he's not even Russian. And he was like, you sure, B? You sure? See, I fuck with you, but is he... This looks like a Russian man. I swear to God. And I was like, dog, I swear. He's not even... These are Greek people. These are fucking Greek people. They, they All these Greek dudes just hang out on this one stoop for an abandoned building. I was like, these are Greek motherfuckers. They're all in the Greek club that meets on Tuesdays. And he was just like... I fuck it. And he just left. Jesus. I mean, the Russians have the right attitude. It's not Colorado. It's fucking... <laughs> Speaking of graffiti. Oh, yes, we do have we have a sponsor. Um, we have a fucking brand new sponsor on this show. Uh, very, very good friend of mine. Uh, actually, was a guest on Subway Creatures. Was the founder of this... If you remember the Subway Creatures pro- podcast on Gas Digital, he was a guest there. Matt Litwack owns the company Vinyl Graph. It's a Brooklyn-based uh, custom vinyl graffiti company. They make custom graffiti decals. Very affordable. Here's the thing. We got a promo code. You go to vinylgraph.com. That's V-I-N-Y-L-G-R-A-F-F.com. You can use the promo code CHRIS1 at checkout. And you get 10% off anything here from VinylGraph.com. These are great gifts. The holidays are coming up. Um, this is a great thing if you got a kid in your life. Here's the thing. They can put anything in here. I'm even, look, check this out. I'm in the promo video for how to set up your Vinyl Graph, how to install your Vinyl. That's how close we are with this sponsor is that I, this is an actual thing. Go, you can go to their website, go to VinylGraph.com if you're listening to this, and you can actually watch me put up a vinyl graph and we all know I'm clearly stupid. You just heard me admit to any number of crimes in the last 10 minutes. So I am incredibly fucking stupid. But you go to vinylgraph.com, check this out. They got actually go to the products, Mike, just for for the video version of the show. <coughs> go to the products. They've scrolled down. They've got a great Halloween vinyl graph. Ooh, That's not spooky. a custom, obviously, but here's all the options you get. You can have your you can have your graffiti on a train. You can do black and white. You can do full color. You I like the brick. brick. Yeah. Here's the thing. The 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 first option is not black and white. Is color yourself. But then there's Ooh. a a classic one just on a cloud. The train graffiti. So let me get this straight. Color yourself. You get that, and then you fill in the colors. No, or... you color it on. You choose your color pattern on the website. Oh, that's fucking dope. Yeah. So you get any kind of colors you want. And you don't, yeah, you don't have to color it yourself. That would be, I mean, they should maybe do one. I'm sure somebody would be into that. Uh, Alex, I would buy that Alex, for Alex. Alex would, maybe we can get, maybe we can get Alex a black and white one. That'd be pretty dope. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you get the one on the train for the autistic graffiti nerd in your life. Dude, the Happy Halloween one is uh, super cheap right now. Dude, the, it's yeah. on sale. Honestly, it's $21.99, but you use that promo, you get 10% off. That's $20 for the, and here's the for thing. For the spookiest vinyl yeah. you're going to have this Halloween here's season. Here's the thing, Mike, have you ever used, it's, it's similar to a fathead. Okay, so it's similar to a fathead in that it is reusable. And I, like I said, we did the installation. We took it down. We rolled that same one up. They then gave that to the girl it was for. It was like a friend of theirs. She then took it out. You can take it down and put it back up. So let's say you have the Happy Halloween one. You can use that next year. Or let's say we're doing something in the studio. The studio has a lot of doesn't have a lot of blank wall space. But let's say you're doing like an event space. You can put up your logo. And take it down and take it with you. Let's say you have a company, right? Let's say we wanted like to have a Notes of a Goon vinyl graph and we were going to like, 
I don't know, some we were going to have like a, a party in the back room of a bar. That looked pretty dope on the train. Notes of a goon on the train? I don't mind it. Be dope. I think it would be fire. But let's, yeah, let's say we were going to have an event. We were going to have a fucking Ask the Goon round table. That's, that's a goal of mine in the future. Okay. Uh, I'm letting a little people a little inside. You didn't even know that, Mike. I No, this is yeah. news to me. But you go to vinylgraph.com, V-I-N-Y-L-G-R-A-F-F.com. Use uh, promo code CHRIS1. You're going to see me uh, installing a vinyl graph. Also, play the video. Proof that this is so easy. Even a goon could do it. Yeah. No, just play Just play the first second. This is our intro. <laughs> because I'm I'm good friends with Matt, who owns the company. The surface with a warm and we cloth. both reached out to the so same hip-hop producer <laughs> for a beat we could just use for our shit. Yeah. The, like, so that's how good of a sponsor this is. This is our buddy Matt, he, his company, Vinyl Graph. Make sure you go check it out. He was not involved in any of the stories I just told. <laughs> definitely not. All right, let's move on. I can't believe I told that. And I, I, I fucking definitely unveiled another story I have to tell at some point, which is... Uh, I'm going right. to hold you to that. Yeah, I know you will, Mike. You are very good at that. A um, <clears throat> couple of things we need to talk about. We, this show was originally supposed to be about some of the neuroses and um, problems that arise in life. And that's why I wanted you here. And this is a topic um, that we got to talk about. And I wanted you here for. Uh, it's something I, I recently thought back to again. Now, we've had this conversation. I, I feel like we've probably had it on air in the, on the first episode. But you used to have like a real life. Yeah. Like, can you talk about this on the air a little bit? Yeah, sure. Okay, so, and a lot of people don't know this about you, right? Because they just hear you on Real S Podcast. They hear you on, you know, they hear you on all these shows and you're being, you're essentially, you've essentially become a living cartoon character. <laughs> essentially. Right? Like you're, you're falling through tables, like you're fighting Lewis <laughs> for your job. Like it's, now you got to fight an old man at fucking <laughs> Ellis Mania, which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so look, there's lots of stuff going on with you being a ridiculous person. So yeah. people don't realize at, so in your twenties, yeah. you had a good job. Mm-hmm. Working, you were managing a family contracting company. Correct? Yep. Okay. Hot Spanish fiance. Uh, half Brazilian, half Argentinian. Yeah. Those are two kinds of Spanish, Mike. Yeah. I well, Hispanic. Spanish is Spain is one country. Two, whatever. Two <laughs> kinds of Spanish, right? <laughs> you had a Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. An E class. It was really creepy that you still had the keys on your. Key ring when you were homeless. Yeah, I still have them. Odd, because I know that was a lease. That's why it's even weird. <laughs> Wasn't a lease. I owned it. You bought. Yeah. That's how much money you were making. Yeah. You were not leveraged to the hilt. No. Now, how unhappy were you? Uh, at times I was happy. At times I was pretty fucking miserable. You, but like, so the, but obviously the misery must have outra- outweighed the happy. You're happier now. Oh, significantly. That this is this is something I was th- I've been thinking about and I think about a lot. But some uh, you know some Facebook memories came up or whatever. And I just like I just thinking about like uh, when I was a cook, which I wouldn't take back running my own place. I wouldn't take it back. Just like I'm sure you wouldn't take back that p- part of your life. It's part of it's part of who you are, right? Yeah, for sure. It's how you got here. But like oh, this is actually what brought it up. I was on you recommended the What Up podcast with Rob and Cody. Love those guys. 
Very funny. I had a blast doing the show. Um, I think it comes out about the same day as this. I'll post it in social media and stuff. Those guys are very funny. But they they brought up to me, they go, they said to me, uh, how it's got to be great to live in a place where the thing that you love is already there. To which I, I, I said to them, I go, I go, you know what's fucking funny is I never tried to do stand-up or any of that shit until like a few years ago, even though I wanted to do stand-up as a kid. Yeah. Like as a little, little kid. Yeah. Like my uncle showed me uh, George Carlin tapes. Like I was like upset. Like I was, I was like, for a little kid in the 90s, I was weirdly upset. Like my grandmother bought me comedy. My mom would show me like Kinnison. My, and I, the first thing I saw was my dad, was, who was old, who we've discussed about, watching like Alan King. And I was like, what is this? And he was like, he's a comedian. I was like, what the fuck is a comedian? I was probably like five. Probably didn't say fuck. I was like, what is that? He was like, you just tell jokes. And I was like, I didn't get any of these old Jew jokes. But I was there. <laughs> you catch the beats and then there's laughing and you go, wait, there's a job? And I just always wanted to do that. And then like at some point when I started to form a brain, every adult man around me told me even when I opened a kitchen, people were like, you shouldn't do that. Uh, apply to civil service tests, uh-huh. do your 20, uh-huh. and you're done. Mm-hmm. Now, I know guys who did their 20, and then I saw them, the guys who, when they were hitting 38, I'd be like, you're going to retire? And they'd be like, what the fuck am I going to do if I retire? Guys who've been in the sanitation department since they're 18. And they literally are still just working, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But to me, that always sounded like, a prison sentence that I didn't kill someone to earn. I don't know how you feel about that. So now that I'm at 32, uh-huh. I'm wishing I did that. Fair. Because I have days that I wish I did that too. Yeah. But I knew, but at 18, you probably, I was not, I would not have been able to do that. Like, I, there's no way. There's not one of those jobs that at, let's say, 21, I could have held down. So I would have just been kicked out anyway. Did none of them. No, I definitely could have. Maybe Garbage Man. Maybe. No, waking up that early would kill me. I always thought, actually, the only one I ever thought I could do, but the waiting list is so hard to get into, if there's no nepotism involved, is Firefighter. Oh, I mean, come on. That's the dream job. Of course it is. Dude, I know a kid who's making an insane amount of money as an iron worker who's trying to get into the fire department this year. Yeah. Because even though he'll take a 70% pay cut, it is such a sweet gig. Yeah. Like, look, I know we all... This is something we should talk about, too. I know we all think firefighters are heroes. Yeah, respect the firefighters. And they are... And the troops. I respect... <laughs> The firefighters, and I'm going to talk about the troops later because I got to talk about this fucking documentary I watched about Trump. But fucking, I respect firefighters a hundred percent. What they do is incredibly dangerous. They are fucking running into buildings. I get it. But what a lot of people don't know, especially about the FDNY, is that if once you're in there for a few <laughs> years, you could work your schedule where you're literally working two 24-hour shifts a week. You sleep at the firehouse, you cook food, you maybe fight a fire. <laughs> maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And then the rest of the week, you're free to golf or moonlight. 
It is, and bitches just want to fuck you. Like, just, that's it. Like, it's just like, bitches will lie and be like, firefighters aren't hot. And then you could get that girl drunk and put her in a firefighter bar and she's sucking a racist off. No problem. Ten times out of ten. Yes. Yes. You A pink hair, half the head shave, as long as she sometimes sucks dick. Get her drunk, put her in a bar with only firefighters, she will blow the most racist one. <laughs> like, every fucking time. And again, not all firefighters are racist, but they are all Irish. So that means at least 40% of them are racist. That's not true. The only guys I grew up with that are firefighters right now are black, which is a fact. But <laughs> the black Irish. Yeah, they're black Irish. They all came up that one Spanish Armada ship, and then the Moors fucked their moms. I don't know. <laughs> fucking. But it just. I don't even remember where I was getting at with this, with the fucking firefighter thing. Um, <clears throat> oh, civil service job. Civil service job. Yeah. So what I'm saying, though, is I think I opened my restaurant because I was getting to the point. <clears throat> Which I shouldn't have done. I always had said before that that I never wanted to open a restaurant. My father was in the restaurant industry. And I was just at a point where people were looking at me and they were saying, you got to do something. Go, you gotta, that's probably why you got engaged, right? Partially. No, I got engaged because it was what I wanted to do. Okay. Why'd you break off the engagement? Um, we, had different, uh, we had different goals. Okay. She wanted what? She wanted to. She wanted to cuckold you, and you didn't want to be cuckolded. <laughs> Essentially, no. Uh, she, yeah, she just wanted to. Um, she was dead set on quitting her job that was paying her like you know, like sixty grand a year, right? To go to school full time, mm-hmm. incur hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to become a dietitian, where she would make an extra like twenty grand a year, right? Oh, like, so you made the absolute right choice here, yeah, hundred percent financially. Even yeah. though, I mean, you made some poor financial choices, but. It was a situation where it was like, all right, like, am I willing to take on now, right? Like, being the sole breadwinner and, like, $500,000 in debt, essentially, over the course of, like, the next four years so that she could make a $20,000 a year pay increase. And it just didn't make sense to me. Mm. didn't make sense to me given the fact, like, I was living... But hold on, hold on. That was... What was her job before that, you said? Uh, she was running a corporate gym. She was running a gym in a corporate facility. Okay, why did she want to leave that gym? She just wasn't happy. Yeah, she was just like, she just didn't want so to be working were, in the gym anymore. You guys were upstate people finding your truth. Pretty much. Okay, so what I'm kind of trying to focus on here, so what what made you give up the job and come down here and do this for uh, way less money? Well, it became a thing where it was like, all right, you got to either like shit or get off the pot with this business, right? Like mm-hmm. I was either going to buy it outright, take on like you know, a massive amount of debt myself and like have that nut over my head. And at this point it probably would have been paid off and I'd be making like sick money, like insane money. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you, you think you'd be less happy? Yeah. hundred percent. I'd be working. Okay. So I'd be working the I'm... same hours that I am right now for something that I just didn't give a fuck about. But so, so at some part of you wanted to do the job, right? Yeah. I mean, I wanted the money. I wanted security. Okay. So this is kind of what I'm talking about. I'm sure there was some sort of family business. There was pressure on you to take the job. Of course. Okay. Now, so there's guys I know. My buddy Elon uh, was going to college for accounting. He wanted to be an accountant. because he And we asked him why. He was like, accountants make good money. He worked in a plumbing store while he was going. To, now he owns that plumbing store and is significantly happier 
than if he had graduated college and become an accountant. He bought the, he bought the plumbing store from the owner when the owner retired and is significantly happier. Has a, like, all I'm saying is like, there's this weird thing that happens when you're in your early 20s to men and to women too when it comes to like marriage and stuff. And it, you, you, I'm sure you can cite examples of it in your life. For me, I opened a restaurant because people kept looking at me and being like, what the fuck are you going to do? You got all those cool stories when you were a fucking asshole. You're fucking up. No, I wasn't fucking up. I, you know, I was fiduciarily doing just fine. You know what I mean? And, you know, I was working in bars. I was, I was bouncing. I was, you know, I, I, was, I was okay, but I was hitting my mid-20s. And people start going, what are you going to do? Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Now, to me, still, still even in my mid-20s, I was kind of like, that tw- do your 20 and you're out. I knew for me, I didn't, I didn't think I could do it. I still don't think I could do it. Yeah, that. by by 25, 26, I was like, yeah, there's no way. I'm- At 18, I knew I couldn't do it. At 18, I feel like I could have been indoctrinated. Well, yeah, that's that's the military. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe maybe you could have. Yeah, if you could if you would have gotten in there where you were still looking for a personality yeah. and you would have given up a lot of hanging out with your buddies. Yeah. Maybe that's true. I'm that's, saying if I was 18 and became a cop and I was only hanging out with fucking cops, I would be a shithead cop right now. That's fair. I'll give you that point. That is a fair point. Um but I, yeah, definitely by my mid 20s I knew that was that was out for me. And I had always wanted to do this stuff, but I don't know where I fell on. I guess the opportunity just came up for me to open the kitchen because I was a good cook. I grew up in the restaurant business. I knew how to do it. I had somebody that would go into business with me to do it. And we did it, but I was miserable. And like I I, I just hear story after story of people getting married when they're young because they think they're supposed to. I I how you grew up in Westchester. Yeah, I mean I think that was a big part of it. Like when I was 23, 24, I was just like I was banging a ton and I can't I got to a point where I was like, all right, like I'm I'm kind of over this. Like you know, uh, like the old Italian well, women used mean, to call it. Why does that it, mean you're supposed to get married and settle down and have children? I don't know. I just like it. It got to a certain point where, like, the, like I was saying, the old Italian women used to call it climbing the tree. You know, like that's what they would, uh, whatever. Uh, and like I felt like I had done enough of that, and I was pretty certain the next girl who I was gonna date just wasn't. I would marry. Available whores in your town. That's not true. There was plenty. There was plenty, and How I found them. Been tired of it. I because it just got to a certain point where it's like, all right, like. Uh, you know, once you like, you fuck five different girls in a six day period. It's like it's like, all right, how long am I going to keep doing this? And again, are you happier now? Right now, than if you would have gotten married. Not yeah. right now because I'm putting you on the hot seat. You don't like this, yeah. but in general, you're happier <laughs> with your position in life now, despite living in a small one bedroom apartment, and attempting to fuck fuck threes that are left in this dead city. No, no, no. I'm I'm living in one bedroom in a four-bedroom apartment. four-bedroom apartment. Yes, yeah. it is a the smallest bedroom. Yeah, tiny. Mattress on the floor. No, 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 no. Your, I described your bedroom to Frank, who is your roommate, as uh, my alcoholic uncle's bedroom that was actually a closet when I was a kid. My uncle, <laughs> my uncle Joe, who was a horrid alcoholic, and I was just like, I just looked in there. The door just swung open for a second. And I was like, that's Joe's room. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I like, literally it. a man that my buddy drove home in a cab because he was a cab driver and was like, so your uncle smells like death. He's going to die soon. And then that guy lived for 10 more years. <laughs> um, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, he was like, yeah, it just smelled like death in the cab. Um, but anyway, I think. No, but I, I just want to give this advice to people who are having that feeling like they don't know what to do 
don't know what to do. Just do that. Like, I think there's a huge problem in this country where we don't have a gap year the way Europe does between high school and college. Because I'll tell you this, I did, I, I always joke around like I didn't go to college because I didn't really, but I did enroll in community college because I, but I wasn't prepared to. But my father was literally like, you can't live here unless you're in school. And I was too stupid to realize that I was paying all the bills. <laughs> and he would have been fucked if I left. Once I realized that, I dropped right out of school. And I literally told him, I was like, I don't know what I'm going there for. I am not ready for this. I need, I literally knew I needed to be bored for a year so that I could read a book about something and be enamored with it. And that's what I needed. Just like I didn't need the pressure of what are you going to do? And therefore, here's an opportunity. I'll just open a restaurant. And then I was instantly miserable. What I needed to do was take a deep breath and tell every friend of mine to go fuck themselves. Because I do, like, they were all, these are all people who, like I said, I was living a pretty, I was still living a pretty fun life. I still am living a pretty fun life. I love doing this. This is fucking amazing to me. Yeah. Every time we get to come in here and use this facility yeah. to do this great thing and I get to... Here, get to play radio with my friends. I get to play. You you looked at me at fucking Catalyst Wrestling once where I work, where Zach Amico works, on acid and said, how did we get the fantasy camp job where we all just get to, we just get to be fucking, this is, this is summer camp. What, how did we get these jobs? It's true. And it's because we continuously said, fuck you to fucking everybody. Pretty much. Like, and what I'm saying is, like, I know so many people who, like, did, got married, got the kid. Then they were just like, well, if I just have the kid. Then it was just like, well, I still am miserable. And look, for some people, that is fucking fine. If that is you, I'm not shitting on you. I love people like that. I love having a beer with those guys. I have no, I don't think you're a sucker. I don't. But if you're not one of those guys and you're fucking doing that, oh. fucking stop Take a fucking breath and tell everyone you know to suck your fucking dick. And this goes for fucking women, too. Because women feel this fucking pressure to be fucking married and have children that is excessive. More so than with men. Wait, significantly. I know a girl who is just getting married this year. She's in her 30s. But from the time she was fucking 22, she's been going, I just assumed I'd be married by now. I just assumed I'd be married by now. When I was a kid, I always assumed I would have this fairy tale wedding by this point in my life. I was like, when you were a kid, you used to shit your fucking pants. <laughs> like, you thought that was a better option than getting up and getting eaten by the monster under your bed. <laughs> like, how is that? The You also thought princess was a job. <laughs> like... Think about, like, when I was a kid, like, what? I, I have a buddy who, he also was at the, you got wor significantly worse off than me, and he might be listening to this, and I apologize, but, like, in a, at, a, at a point, he's doing fine now, but, like, at a point, he was, like, significantly more at the, all right, dude, you, you really, you gotta do something. Like, he was, and was, like, it was excessive, and I just was, like, I literally was just like, dude, what do you want to do? I was like, I'm not going to tell you to go fucking get a city job. I'm not going to be that guy. But what do you want to do? Maybe I can help you. What do you want to fucking do? And he goes to me, he goes, I don't know, man. I always wanted to be, like, be an actor. He said this to me. Now, he was lying. Like, he maybe thought it would be cool to be famous, but he didn't actually want to be an actor because the next day I went and I talked to people I know who are actors, working actors, 
And I got him a bunch of information on like training and this and that. He didn't even open the email. You know what I mean? And I said it to one of our mutual buddies. And he goes, yeah, he's fucking full of shit. He just wanted you to shut up. He just doesn't want to do nothing, that kid. He's like, I wanted to be a fire truck when I was a kid. See me being a fucking fire truck. So look, there are those instances. If you're one of those guys, do something, whatever it is. Fucking wait tables. I don't fucking care. But what I'm saying is, and it particularly happens to men and women in their, men in their mid-20s and women in their, like, I'd say 23, 24. For men, it's 25 to 28. Where you start getting close to that 30, and you start thinking, I better, and you make a bad choice. Mm-hmm. And that happens to a lot of men yep. where they make a bad choice. Oh, yeah. What I'm saying is, sell dope. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, if that's your truth, live your truth. But, if, that, if that's your truth, live your truth. But, what I'm saying is, if you think you want to be doing something else, and it means you're not going to make any money for a while, Mike didn't make any money <laughs> for a while, and you're saying you're... You're saying you were 100% significantly happier than you were then. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's not even close. Despite the fact that sometimes you think about the money. Yeah, of course. Who doesn't? I mean, I think about it every day. Yeah. I mean, it's like... You're going to have those... Look, you're going to have those regrets on either side of it. Yeah. It's just... It, this is just something I... Dude, turning 30 was probably the most freeing thing that ever happened to me. You know what I mean? Like, it was one of those things where, like, I hit it, like, that day, I was like, oh, shit, like, nothing changed. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely, absolutely nothing changed. Nothing. And it was such a big thing in my head for so long. There's not even, you don't get an extra privilege. Nothing. Nothing. I, well, no, you do get an extra privilege. You you get fuck it. You, I think you, you do would, get, yeah, no, that, but you have to, no, you, you don't get fuck it. Literally the day I turned 30, I got fuck it. You did. Because you earned it. A lot of people turn 30, if you've already got the kid, right? If you, if you make the bad decision at 28, so when I turned 30, I made the bad decision at 28. I opened a restaurant. I didn't have fuck it until I was 32. I had a lease. I couldn't. And honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that I was having so much friction with my business partner, I'd still be doing that and figuring, I, I, but I'd also be f- figuring out how to do this. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, but it would have taken me longer. But it's like I never should have done that in the even if that was wildly successful. I'd still be sitting there like, fuck. I gotta go fucking make a fucking steak sandwich for some asshole who doesn't think my steak sandwich is as good as some fucking other asshole steak sandwich 300 fucking miles away. Yeah, I get it. The bread's good in Philly. Shut the fuck up. I'm wearing a cheesesteak hat as I yell this. Um, this is all I've ever wanted to do. What? Exactly what I'm doing right now. Listening to me yell? Thank no. you. That's very, you know. I'm fucking turning so red in here. This is crazy. Do you want me to turn the AC on? No. Okay. I, uh, we need not... it hot. Okay. I went, I, went to, uh, I went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting and like did like that rigmarole, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is a scam. Oh, the broadcast, the school? Yeah. The school is, is 100% a scam. Dude, every school is a scam. It's true. School, like information is free. Yeah. The fact that people are paying $30,000 for fucking Zoom classes this semester is just proof that school is a scam. Well, I mean, like, literally the only thing that would, like, that made it attractive to me was, like, okay, I can Bitches. spend... No, it wasn't even that. It was it was legit just, like, all right, you spend the six months here or whatever, and, like, they will just look more favorably on you in job boards. But you also... Freakonomics did a fucking show about this, right? Where they um, they broke down the amount of college degrees out there and the amount of people that are in... 
positions that require a college degree to fill. Uh, turns out tens of thousands of people are just lying about having college degrees. So you could just do that. I mean, this is like a, it's from a technical school. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like they have their own job portal that like tries to help you out. That's true. You know, that was the only thing I was thinking. So um, again, you can go, you can email the show, ask the goon if you want this kind of life advice. I gave out some free fitness advice on Twitter today. Ask the goon on, at gmail.com. I saw that. It made me roll my sleeves up. Exactly. So what I said, and this is a true fact, and this is something, this is again, again for the men, but for women too, because you should listen to this. Um, because you're going to understand the terrible whores you all are. Uh, no, I'm joking, ladies. I'm joking. But there's a weird focus for men's fitness on apps, right? Yeah. Okay. If you are over 23, stop trying to get apps. You're a fucking idiot. I disagree. I'll tell you this. I I'll had get a, there. I had a personal trainer tell me, a good friend of mine who's a personal trainer who was training me, he was like, if you want abs, you're going to have to run for three hours a day. I was like, I'll, he's like, I'll get you abs by the end of the summer, but this is what you're going to have to do. And I was like, I'm not doing that. He's like, he's like, then work out. Then just fucking get, big, get a big chest. Like, girl, like, and this is what I wrote on Twitter. Arms and shoulders are titties for men. If you are looking for fitness goals as a man, and you literally just want to get your confidence up, First of all, you're going to be significantly stronger. Mike, we were just having this conversation the other day. It was last week when we filmed the show, right? Where you said you have never before in your life, you're in the best shape you've ever been in, right? Uh, just about. Yeah. You've been training to fight. Yeah. Definitely a more confident fighter than I've ever been. Okay. But there is something about, even Tim Ferriss talks about this, where there is something about getting just very strong in general, and it levels up your confidence as a man. Because around you, there are weaker people. And there does something in your reptile brain to let you know. Whatever chimp is in you, it lets you know. But what I'm saying is this. For your fitness goals as a man, stop focusing on your fucking abs. It's very difficult past the age of fucking 25 to get abs as a man, especially if you have been very fat. Bitches love arms and shoulders. Those are fucking big titties. These are big. This is titties. This is titties for fucking men. Put on a tight black t-shirt and go to the fucking bar with the fuck the loose belly kind. That's the merch kind. That's why I wear merch. Because the merch has the loose belly. But it fucking form fits the shoulders and the fucking biceps, Mike. All merch does that. I've never bought merch that doesn't look good on big shoulders. Because it's, it's for fat men. Right? So you get merch. Get, some, get you a fucking NWO t-shirt. Bitches don't care. They don't know what that is. They don't watch wrestling. Right? But you're going to feel like fucking Hulk Hogan in that son of a bitch. Right? That red and black, baby. Hell yeah. Don't turn your back on the fucking wolf pack. I'll tell you that right now. Look, it's a weird thing. Men just focus on abs, and they focus on getting thin, and I'm just like, you're an idiot. Well, Just get swole. Think about big titty bitches. They don't even have to have faces. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. When you're drunk, this is a really life advice for young men, is what I'm saying. It's... <laughs> I'm just saying Tube top Fucking Up to the eyes Who gives a shit Look You're gonna get Those developed first And Drunk girls Will just touch you I'm telling you this right now When I First lost, Started losing weight And getting in shape Back in the day There was a girl I was 
really into. And she studied abroad, right? Okay. Which means she probably took, let's say, three, four hundred dicks. Minimum. Yeah, right. They were studying abroad, you know what I'm saying? Hey. They were really cramming, you know what I mean? <laughs> studying abroad. But look, so she came back, but I had the arms. Gut was still gross, son. Drunk one time. What are these? Now, I used to hook up with that girl. She just stopped hooking up with me, probably because I got gross. But you know what I mean? It was like I'm always a casual thing. She's like, what are these? Boom, fucking that night, Mike. Hell yeah. Fucking, and I'll tell you this. Got in shape. I, again, arms came before the gut. Gut took a, I just started getting abs. You know what I mean? Like Thursday. This Thursday, <laughs> I saw my first ab. Like, it's fucking, I'm talking about, you know how many girls I used to hang out and drink with in my early 20s? They were like, yeah, you're like a brother to me. And then I just got jacked. And fucked all of them? It's pretty sick. Like, took my pick, for sure. <laughs> and I'll tell you this. This is what you got to do. Because I was thinking about that advice I gave that guy last week. He said he has trouble with women. And I don't know what he looks like. I don't know if he's jacked or whatever. Right? But if you're going to do the, I'm a fat guy around a bunch of chicks. Let me get jacked. They can't see you. What You got to unveil the guns. Even if, I'm, and again... Even if you're still fat, like even if you're still fat gutted, if you bo- just get some traps, you don't need, dog, don't even do curls, just do shrugs and get some fucking traps, dog. Just show up, bong bong, at the fucking bar. Just big shoulders like Kurt Angle in the fucking 2000s. You know what I'm saying? Pull up a picture of Kurt Angle in 2002, Mike. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, you know, I'm right. Yeah. I'm so fucking... You're thinking of 30 girls that if you had just not seen them for six months, look at them traps, baby. You come in with them shoulders and traps. Don't forget his chest. Forget everything else he's got going on. No, ball-headed Kurt Angle. Bong, look at those traps. Just... You can see those through a t-shirt. They are titties for men. Shoulders, arms. Do this. Show a little bicep cleave. Get one of them shirts that they pull up a little at the fucking bicep when you fucking curl your arm a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? When you drink a beers, you're drinking beers a little bit, it comes up a little bit, you're showing, oh, come on. Bitches love that shit. This is what I'm saying. This is advice for men, notes of a goon. Look, you know I'm right. You're thinking of the girls. I'm, what I'm thinking of is the fact that I spent the six months in quarantine then came out in and way better shape. Boom. So it's even working for mm-hmm. you in your mid-30s. I'm mm-hmm. talking about something that I did in my early 20s. I'm in my early 30s. How old are you? 32. All right, early 30s. Fine. Thank you. Fair. You look... I, I can't believe you're so much younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to explain PBS to me? I, I do. I want to keep talking about these arms things. You, you really want to keep talking about these arms? I mean, these fucking arms, baby. All right, this is out of control, bud. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, but I am right, though. You're doing 12 minutes on biceps. <laughs> look, I'm trying to help these fucking dudes out here, bro. And I'm telling you... Yeah, so... No, hold on. Tell more of the story. You came out of quarantine six months. Yeah, I'm just saying. You know, and, you, and what and what happened? Some you, bitches who weren't giving you the time of day. Yeah, you're smashing. Maybe you're getting there. They're doing giving right. you the time of day. Doing all right. This is fucking life advice for men. Get Bye fucking men. swole. Get fucking swole. What are you doing? Forget about your abs. What are you doing? Stop doing crunches like a bitch. Stop it. I'm mad. All right, let's talk about voting machines. 
No, yeah. So let's talk about. We got to talk about. Um, <clears throat> this was something that was on the PBS News Hour last night, uh, Wednesday last week. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, um, <clears throat> it was a it was a piece about voting machines that I was watching today. Before we came in, uh, I was working out watching this. Just you know, get my arms swole, uh, doing a lot of kettlebell shit. You know what I mean? I was doing cleaning presses, fucking all sorts of shit. It's crazy. Did two thousand reps. So I'm even putting the kettlebell down. I'm not lying at all. No, I'm kidding. It was like a thousand, but. I'm fucking swole, is all I'm saying. But voting machines. Uh, so this was a piece that came on, and I was like, this would be hilarious if it wasn't so depressing. Like, the entirety, they were showing, like, wires hanging out of the machines at parts. I just gave you a couple of timestamps to get you an idea of what I was watching and, like, how fucking ridiculous. This is, again, from the PBS NewsHour on voting machines in Tennessee. Yeah, just hit play here. You have... Uh, one central lockbox that has a key for a Democrat, a key for a Republican, and nobody can get to the locks that unlocks the other locks unless you go through that chain. In an August election like this, they would not. Now, did you see how he said there's a lock and a lock and nobody could get to the lock without the other lock? And then somebody just used, I don't know, a pair of cheap pliers to open that box. <laughs> I, I watched that. I was like, what is... What, what the fuck did I just watch? That was happening yesterday in Tennessee, counting early ballots. I was just like, oh, all right. Just keep going. Just keep going. This is such a ridiculous thing to watch. But for Shelby County's Administrator of Elections, Linda Phillips. I state your name. The absentee deluge is a headache. Tennessee law prevented her from opening the envelopes until this moment. And there were all kinds of surprises. This is the first time many voters in Tennessee have ever voted a paper ballot. And they did some really weird things to them. We had a large number of ballots where they would select a candidate and then they'd write the name in again. But there was someone we couldn't figure out what they wanted. One guy voted for 14 people in a race for one. <laughs> that vote didn't count. A bipartisan positive. team. Just go to the next time. But... That vote didn't count. Dude, the guy who voted for 14 people was just like, I'm just trying to have a party. Fucking Tennessee, baby. Let's get some jack. Dude, how fucking... I'm voting for a political party, if you know yeah, what I mean. Hell yeah, motherfucker. They're writing in names. Like, the fact that she opens up... First of all, let's go with the... She's doing the pledge. And didn't it sound like all of the people count... First of all, at every table, there's one Republican and one Democrat, which is depressing. Right, like it's like, oh, like we're just never gonna get a third party candidate ever. Like it's just like, so they're just like, all right, one Republican, one Democrat, we're gonna count this pile of votes. I gave y'all a pile. We weigh we weigh shit in piles. It's like a stone. If you ever heard of a stone in England, that's an actual measurement. We do by by the pile, which is a Tennessee. That's basically a pile of chicken, right? So that's like the whole chicken cut up and put into a pile. So that's how, and we measure the height, and that's <laughs> in the pile of votes, and so. They're, they're counting these piles of votes, but when they gave the oath, did it not sound to you like she was like, I state your name, and like half the people started to say state, state your, name, your name, and then went, because <laughs> they were like, well, if I just mumble, I'm not liable, and they can't <laughs> prosecute me. Trump, baby, let's go. <laughs> like, <laughs> this whole, I literally was watching this, and I was like, <clears throat> uh, state your name. Dude, I didn't even give you the timestamp because I didn't want to be an asshole. But, like, there's they show 
a voting machine from the 1900s in this piece where it's literally just gears and wheels and you put a thing in and it locks the ballot in and they, they went back to paper ballots in this place and it's just like, they're like, well, well, they the secret ballot was brand new. That's why they needed this box that could hold nine. I was like, wait, that wasn't, like, did you know that that was, it took until like, I think that they said the late 18, early 1900s for this ballot to be secret in voting? Yeah. You knew that? Yeah. Had no idea. Yeah, because you would like go in. That's like there was a big problem with that. That's probably how Edgar Allan Poe died. Those motherfuckers would. You would need. You were to... such a teary-eyed child. What do you That's mean? How, you know how Edgar Allan Poe died? I learned it from listening to KP Burke's podcast. I do love KP. KP's a handsome man. He's a fucking. He's a beast. That he's kid. A fucking bronze. Go Adonis. listen to that show. He does that show with his dad, right? Uh, yeah, What's American Loser. Show? American Loser. Very yeah, funny. Very funny. I love those guys. Yeah. So what the way it used to work is you're like uh you're like party rep essentially like the 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 party you're like what you would be as a committeeman I suppose. I am a county committeeman. We know. I still nobody reached out to tell me <laughs> what my job is or how to do it or even offer me a bribe. I still haven't gotten a bribe as county committeeman, Mike. No one's even offered you like some takis. Dude, I would definitely take some Takis for a bribe. Like, yo, I will, yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing I didn't win that election for a fucking class president in fourth grade. <laughs> we all would have been doing extra tests for Takis. So you would go in uh, and, and like the uh, like the committeemen, like the people who were reps for the party, and they were essentially like in the 1800s thugs. You know what I mean? They were gangs. Hell they, yeah, son. They showed it in the movie Gangs of New York. what's up? Oh, uh, I got to fights like this now? Like... Fucking Popeye and shit, like meh. <laughs> that's, that's what being a committee man entails. I, I got a fucking Notre Dame logo to shit. Yeah, dog. Oh fuck. Uh, so yeah, what they would do, um, like they would they would drag people into like their voting place. Okay, you know what I mean. So that like, uh, you, like it, there would be like certain bands you would like the I voted sticker would be a thing where it's like, oh, this guy's voting Democrat or whatever. And like, so uh, what what would happen is they would just go in and get drunks and they would like take him in to vote, then take him out, get him a haircut, like take him back in to vote again, like take him out, like fuck it, you know, like. Uh, uh, like uh, knock him out. You know what I mean? Give him a black eye so he looks different. Take him in to vote again. Uh, and they said that like that's what happened to Edgar Allan Poe. He probably got roughed up by like one of those gangs. Well, he was a goth pussy, kind of. Edgar Allan Poe stinks. Uh, I don't know. The Raven's pretty cool. Yeah, the Simpsons version. Telltale Heart. I, I guess I. It definitely makes girls cut and then fucking suck dicks. Let's go. Let's it, 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 look, Edgar. I read those. I read all those poems as a kid, and I remember thinking they were cool. And I feel like I would beat myself up right now. What's that one where he like he just put a guy in a wall? Wasn't that Edgar Allan Poe? Oh yeah, that is Edgar Allan Poe. That's probably the dopest one. That's the underrated one. That shit was dark. That's dark. Yeah, that's dope. When you just put a living dude in a wall, and he's like asking to not be in the wall, buried alive in a wall. Yeah, that no, that's fire. That you know something. I like Edgar Allan Poe. You brought me back around, Mike. You know, I thought he was kind of a goth bitch. Mm. Some of these goth dudes are kind of bitchy, but then some of them are kind of hardcore. Maybe, I, maybe I misjudged. I misjudged Edgar Allan Poe on his commercial work. Yeah, I really should have dug in the crates. There you go. All right, let's let's keep watching some more. This, I think I sent you another uh, yep. timestamp here. Artware ages in dog years mixed with jet fuel. Right, a piece of technology twenty years ago. Just like imagine a. A Blackberry one or a flip phone or Sony Ericsson or something. If it's 20 years old, it's, 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 it's really outdated. Benny Smith knows from experience. He's an information technology expert on computer security. The DRE machines came into... Um, that guy 
that use the analogy. Uh, is the aging dog years mixed with jet fuel? A computer. You saw the computer he was using. That looked like a very <laughs> super powered computer. It's like twice the amount of monitors I have in front of me. Mm-hmm. But like, what? How does jet fuel? Was that a nine eleven joke in this? PBS news story about the election is he nope. a, is that guy a true that was a, that was a is that guy a truther <laughs> I think that guy is just like a uh like okay they were showing a Nokia phone the whole time they were showing that segment and well, he Well I think what happened was they were like we need some B-roll of an old cell phone he, he first of all, yeah he was like a BlackBerry 1 <laughs> Zona Ericsson I don't I, I don't know a cup and a string <laughs> So I, I my my point I was making was it seemed like he was you know like Nokia was on the tip of his tongue right because that's clearly like the the, yeah, yeah. the the brick everybody thinks about he had it in his pocket to do the fucking thing and then <laughs> couldn't think of Nokia and that's the footage was just him clicking through his Nokia that was in his junk drawer at home yeah that is definitely what happened PBS what are you doing. So I, I think it was a thing where he was so flustered being on camera that he was like, it's like dog ears. Wait, no, what's more than dog ears? Jet uh, fuel is more than dog ears. Yeah. Dude, you know what will age you faster than fucking dog ears? <laughs> fucking jet fuel. Fucking, that guy was fucking black Alex Jones. What the fuck? I'll tell you this right now. I was snorting jet fuel, and I became a dog for a second, <laughs> and I fucking ran to the White House, and I smelled Obama, and his crotch smelled like Muslim. <laughs> What the fuck was that? Like I said, I'm watching this, working out, and I literally go, this would be hilarious if I also wasn't terrified and sad. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, when you said fucking de Blasio is, is fake news in it now. Dude, de like... Blasio, the most progressive motherfucker, lesbian wife. What? Black, do you not know this about de Blasio? His wife's a lesbian? De Blasio's wife claims she is currently a lesbian. What? But only fucks with Bill. How do you not know this? I feel like I bring it up whenever the chance comes up. How have you not mentioned this? Yeah, de Blasio's wife, black lesbian, which I guess makes his son gay? In the 70s, I identified as a lesbian and wrote about it. In 1991, I met the love of my life and married him. Here's the thing. She said in an interview when he was... I don't know if you could find it now, because it was like when he was running. I remember um, my buddy was married to a chick whose mom was a lesbian, and he showed it to me. He was like, yeah. You don't know that his wife still identifies as a lesbian and she just fucks with him? And I was like, that kind of makes him a G. And then he just did nothing for eight years. And I was like, oh, fuck this guy. Damn. Too busy I'm stroking out this lesbian. He's so busy still trying to get her to come from eating pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it is just, it's, it's fucking pointless. Um, but how I digress. I think was there another timestamp I sent you on this on this voting nonsense? There was not. Okay, so yeah, so basically I watched this. I watched this more. I've been trying to be less of a low. Uh, what's that called? A low knowledge voter, low information voter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I watched. There's a there's a documentary Frontline. Also, I get most. I, I do get a lot of news from PBS because I feel like that makes me less of a jerk off. Right? Is that is that is that a fair assessment of PBS? 
I don't know, dude. You you've made the pitch on PBS to me, and it seems like the probably the most down the middle news source out there. I, oh yeah, I think yeah. I mean, they lean a little left, but yeah, PBS is, in my opinion, yeah, definitely. I mean, my buddy, my buddy Shakes brought it up when I was like, "Yo, I've been watching the News Hour." I started rewatching the News Hour recently, like a few years ago, or 2016. I cut out after that the last election. I cut out all news sources that weren't as my. Not for like podcast prep or whatever, but like for my consumption for personal knowledge, I cut out all news sources that weren't The Economist or PBS. I was talking to my buddy Dave about it, and he was just like, um, he goes, he goes, yeah, somehow in an hour, PBS can give you more news than CNN can in 24 hours, but still dedicate six minutes to like a jazz tap class in Chicago. Like, and I was like, yeah, that's fucking true. So I watched, but I watched Frontline too, and they have this thing called, um, what's it called? It's called um, the just, choice. The choice, yes, thank you. Uh, Frontline, the choice, which is they outline the two candidates. You know, they got that dude. What's the dude's name that narrates Frontline? He was in the. He says the N word on the Chappelle show, which is twenty five years later is fucking insane when you think about it. He literally says, "And by N word, I'm." You know what I mean, like. And it's the guy who's, Martin Smith. Martin Smith is still the narrator of Frontline. He is that guy, the guy from the Clayton Bigsby sketch on Chappelle Show. But so he narrates this thing, and he, he here's the thing: they know it's they two hours long. It's we're not going to watch the thing. Um, I was going to send you a clip from a moment, but we'll just talk about it. I, I recommend anybody check it out because it's so fucking funny to me. They do so. I watch. I remember I watched the one about Obama and McCain. That's the only other one of these I watched. And by the end of it, it painted them both as legitimately good dudes. This painted both candidates as pieces of shit. Well. Dude. Fucking. I mean, you're saying they are both they are just both pieces of shit? I mean. Dude, they started bringing up the fucking uh, Central Park 5 stuff with fucking Trump. And. Wait, what? Well, you know, Trump took out an ad. The Central Park Five were exonerated years right, later after right. that. After this is a, the famous rape case or whatever. And Trump took out a full-page ad in the Times saying that they should get the death penalty. I completely forgot about that because it happened when I was a child. But, I mean, we all knew Trump was an asshole in this city. So a lot of the Trump, a lot of the, I remembered it. And I go, oh, yeah, right. I did know that Trump was a piece of shit. Like, like I forgot about a lot of this Trump this shitty Trump shit was like a lot of the Republicans I know from New York would never vote for Trump, like especially like the older ones in my family, because we've been reading about him in tabloids because the Daily News, the New York Post are tabloids. We've been reading about Trump in tabloids for our entire lives, right? You have Tim. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like a garbage person. Yeah. Okay. So like that like didn't surprise me, but then they start talking about Joey Bidness and there's a lot of Joey Bidness. Bidness. First of all, they did paint him a little bit sympathetic. Wife died in the car crash and all this. Very much. But they start talking about his stutter like it was some sort of fucking thing to over... We, that's, this is the main reason I wanted to bring it up to you. Is they started talking about his stutter and how fucking much of a soft, big bitch he felt like with the stutter. <laughs> and, like, it was such a weird thing. They're, like, literally, like, yeah, you should be called a retard if you had a stutter. Which I guess could fuck you up. But he beat the stutter... And they were like, yeah, he overcame it, which is it's just like it's out of place in modern times. The you know stutter? what I mean? No, like that being the fucking cross to bear for you? Meh. 
Really? Yeah, dude. I mean, fucking being called retarded when you were a kid, that would suck. I call you retarded every day. Yeah, but it's warranted. This was a fucking poor and defenseless kid. Bro, all I'm saying is whatever. You've been in you've been in politics for forty something years, you're gonna be a piece of shit. But like yeah, I'm not fair. gonna I'm not gonna get on your case about but it's not even your that. humble beginnings being a stuttering tard. The thing that um you can look it up, my computer died. I had it pulled up. But I I I think I knew it, but I forgot. And it just reminded me that Biden had to drop out of a presidential race for plagiarism. And he had literally just taken an Irish um, Labor Party guy, his whole speech, I think the guy's name is Kinnick, he took his whole speech, saw it, and just rewrote it. And gave it at a fucking rally in the 70s when he was running for president. He wrote it about himself and Scranton, and he just lied. And here's what made it so telling about the current election. In that debate, he was bringing up Scranton and fucking coal miners. And I was like, yo, Wait, did, for real? dude, he did at a point in the fucking, in that first debate. And I go, is he just hardwired to keep lying? Like, are these guys, these guys are both, dude, they, but they showed, here's how they tried to paint Trump as sympathetic in this fucking documentary, which is retarded. It's ridiculous. They go, so apparently Trump was a prick as a kid and his dickhead father uh, who everybody knows is a dickhead and a racist, right, sent him to military school. And then they interview all these old dudes that also went to the military school, and there's just this jump cut of them being like, yeah, and then they'd beat the shit out of you, they'd beat the shit out of you for talking, they'd beat the shit out of you for not talking. Hell, they'd fuck you for not cleaning your bed. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, they didn't say that. I, I, I'm using a little poetic license, Mike. You gave me a very startled look. Um, I mean... No, but it, it literally was like, it was just like all these old men being like, like, think about hearing about, like, it's like such a weird thing when a 30 year old man says that they were abused as a child, you go, eh, shut up, pussy. When an old man is recounting their abuse, you think about the old man getting hit. You know what I mean? Makes sense. But then you also think about a child and an old man getting, like, when you think about a third, when, it, when, it, when, it, when, an, when an able aged man, recounts childhood physical abuse, right? You think of them as them now getting hit, but you also think of a child getting hit. So it like kind of softens the blow. When you think of an old man recounting child abuse, you think of an old man getting punched in the face and also a child getting punched in the face, and it's like this double, kick a dog, why don't you? <laughs> but it also made me think, I'm like, oh, like, it did weirdly like paint this thing, and they didn't put it in a documentary. They didn't do it at all. But it did like for this weird. This is how much of like a piece of shit Trump is, where it's just like you kind of go, "Oh, that's why he's such a piece of." You always want to like they they painted his dad as like an asshole and a racist, and like maybe that rubbed off on him. And his dad wanted him to be a killer, and his brother wasn't. That's why his brother was an alcoholic fuck who died. And I was like, "Oh, his brother was an alcoholic fuck who died." I didn't know that. That's the niece that wrote the book. Okay. And I didn't know that. And I was like, okay. But it didn't make him really, it didn't really make him seem too sympathetic. And then they're doing the military thing. But it did make me go, when they're showing the military school stuff, it did make me go, oh, maybe that's why he thinks anybody who enlisted in the military is a sucker. He got sent there, and that was probably the most traumatic thing in his incredibly privileged life. And of course, in his brain, he's like, why the fuck would you volunteer for this, idiot? They made me. <laughs> Fair. Like, and it really did make me go, 
oh, okay. Because he's a fucking insane person, just like Biden. Is, they're, first of all, I think if either of them recanted child abuse, I'd be like, this is hilarious. You know what I mean? Like, to, to reiterate, to, you know, to counter my, my previous statement. Just because I'm like, they stink so much. I hate them. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about I watched a two-hour documentary meant to humanize both of them with, just give me any clip of that dude talking from Frontline. Uh, okay. Just, yeah. Just, like, that guy. And, like, he's got, like, an ominous, like, Robert Stack Unsolved Mysteries kind of vibe to him. Cobb investigates the early warnings. There's a dispute over which votes might count. Republicans control some really key levers of power. And allegations of voter suppression. That guy doing a documentary, two hours. And it was meant, first of all, that voice, I don't know how he thinks he's going to paint a sympathetic picture of anyone. But two-hour documentary to make both of these guys look sympathetic. Biden's wife dies in the beginning. Like, if Bammy's mom died, right, and then he just was raping chicks for the whole movie, <laughs> you'd be like, fuck Bambi by the end. I don't care that his mom died. <laughs> like, so they bring up, like, the Anita Hill thing, and they bring up that, like, Biden's, like, a, a perpetual code switcher. Then he just, like, should have lied when somebody was just like, yeah, like, you plagiarized this thing. And he was just like, yeah, well, I graduated. Like, he, like, backed up. He did the Trump. Yeah, I, I'm starting to think that's maybe why they put him against Trump. Is like, oh, he'll just lie too. Yeah, he literally no. So I'm reading it here. He went to this chick and was like, oh yeah, my IQ is higher than yours. Want to compare IQs, dude? He did that, and he literally said um, that was the Anita Hill thing, or that that was the journalist that called him on the yeah, plagiarism. On the plagiarism, and he said, I graduated top of my class. He graduated like 76th out of 80th of his law school class. Yeah, and he was like, I graduated in the top half of my class. Uh, academic scholarship. He got a financial scholarship. Like, it's very... And they, like, painted him as, like, a wannabe Kennedy, which makes sense based on the hair. Mm. Balding, a balding Kennedy, dude. Um, like, he was yeah. balding in the 70s. He's got more hair now. Huh. You know, that finasteride is good for your fucking... It's good for your uh, blood flow, but it also throws it... My uncle, my uncle Ben, my uncle Benito, right? He was a bald man my entire life. In his 80s, they put him on a blood pressure pill. Brown hair. Brown, Mike. This has been Notes of a Goon, episode 11. It's been a very fun show. Go, go check out our sponsor, Vinylgraph. That's V-I-N-Y-L-G-R-A-F-F dot com. Use the promo code CHRIS1. You're going to get 10% off of your order. Those are our boys. And honestly, you can go to the website and just look at how stupid and goofy I look in this video. Uh, but you can also follow Mike, the M Harrington on both Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Chris from B K L Y N on Twitter. You can check out my other show, high society radio. If you're not already listening to that, I don't know what you're thinking. And you know, just check out all the shows on the gas digital network. Uh, cause they're great guys. Good night. Well, show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Tell you, I tell you, I tell you.
Say goodbye.